Edith's chest, Edith, because this would have been possible. Oh, my mic keeps going, don't know. Um, such a great job. So if you could just believe it, a round of applause, that would be great. short message now and uh, what I like to do on these occasions is I like to link my message into what the kids have just done in the play. So today I want to focus on the conversation between Steve Irwin and the King and what he says is why did you come this far to see this baby? Um, I was trying to find out actually how long the Kings were travelling for but I couldn't find an actual answer um, but it wasn't a matter of, oh it's all got it. Alright. <laughs> it wasn't a matter of hours, it was days and days that they were walking for to see this baby. Um, I heard um, saying that if the wise men were actually wise women, they would have asked for directions and got there a lot quicker. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. So this morning, I want to ask you, how far would you go for Jesus? For you, that's probably not going to mean walking for miles and miles. So what does that look like for us? If you've got your Bibles, can you turn to Matthew 25, verse 31? If you've not got them, don't worry, it's going to come up on the screen. It says, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him. And he will separate the people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go visit you? The king will reply, truly I tell you, Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. You did for me. So what does that look like for us? Maybe it might mean giving up your Christmas dinner with your family to come to church and have dinner with lonely people. Maybe it means giving up £21 of your wages a month to sponsor a child in a third world country. Maybe it means turning off your soaps, whether it's Coronation Street or EastEnders, to spend a bit of time with Jesus. Kids, maybe it means turning off your Playstations and Xboxes, adults as well, uh, to read your Bible and pray. Or maybe you need to give up a bit of your pocket money to put towards sponsoring a child. Maybe it means for you visiting sick people in hospital, um, visiting old people, doing the shopping for them, feeding the homeless. My dad's part of a group that goes out uh, on Saturday nights and feeding the homeless people in Nottingham. Maybe you need to give up one Saturday a month of what you normally do and go out feeding the homeless. God loves it so much when we do these things. It brings in so much joy. He goes as far to say, whatever you did for any of these people, you did for me. That's how much it means to him. Um, there's been times in my life when I've done some of these things. There's been a couple 
couple of times when I've seen people struggling financially, so I've just put a bit of money in an envelope and given it to them. And the joy that it brings me is amazing. And I think it's God's so full of joy about what I've just done that he showed me a little bit of his joy. And that's why, because it just brings him so much joy. There's been times when I've done things and God's actually given something back to me. Last year when me and Josh were planning our wedding, we had all these things that we had to pay for and, and it was quite tight having to pay for everything. But we stayed faithful and we kept giving our tithes and our offering, we kept sponsoring our children and we just stayed faithful. And at the end of the year when we got married, we had so many monetary gifts from people that we wouldn't even expect. And I believe that God saw our faithfulness and said, I'm going to bless you and give you something. Um, it's funny because this scripture refers to sheep and goats. It says, all the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. God's saying it's good to be a sheep. It's a good thing to be a sheep. Can any of you kids tell me what a sheep does? Sheep's bar, don't they? Sheep are good followers. They always follow the sheep dog or the shepherd. They're very good followers. When I was at school, it wasn't a good thing to be a sheep. If you were a sheep, it meant that you were a copycat and you didn't have your own mind. But God's saying it's good to be a sheep. So what's the alternative? Does anyone know what a goat does? Oh, definitely. Yeah, goats headbutt. Well done. Goats headbutt. They know the headbutt in. So goats butt all the time. So, I want to ask you, are you a sheep or are you a goat? Do you follow God and his word or are you always butting and making excuses? I would do this, but I've got this on. I would help out in that ministry, but I've got this to do. I would give to that, but I've got this to pay for. Is your life full of buts? God wants us to be sheep. He doesn't want us to be butting all the time and making excuses. He wants us to be a follower of his word. And I believe that by doing this, by becoming a sheep, you can make your world a better place. I believe that marriages can be restored, that, um, that hope can be restored in people's lives. And how, you might think, how can I do this? If I'm the only person that takes this message on and becomes the sheep, what am I going to make a difference? I'm one person. There are a number of people in the Bible that were just one person that followed God and made a difference in their world. If Noah hadn't have followed God's instructions to build the ark, all his family would be dead and all the animals would be dead. If Joseph hadn't followed God's instructions to interpret the dreams he'd given him, he'd have never got out of jail and ended up being the king, which resulted in his world changing. If Moses hadn't followed God's instructions to part the Red Sea, then all the Hebrews would have died. It starts with one person. And I was trying to think of an example of how this worked. So I was thinking, if you're driving in your car and you come to a junction and somebody lets you out in front of them, in front of them, you think, wow, that was really nice. So the next time you see someone waiting, you let them out. And then the next time they see someone waiting, they let them out. If you don't drive, put it this way. If you're in a supermarket and you've got your trolley, you're going to the till, and someone says to you, oh, you've not got as many items with me, you can go in front of me. So you think, oh, that's nice. And then you do it for somebody else. And then they do it for somebody else. Kindness is contagious. It is. It's like a chain. It's so contagious. That song, I love that the song that the, uh, the animals dance to. That's why I picked it, because it said this light is contagious. And I think kindness is definitely contagious. So, this morning I want to ask you, are you going to be a sheep 
or a gate. Thank you, Christian.